Hi and welcome. This is Steve Alpern with Superant Aging Podcast. Well, one of my patients sent me a news article today that New York hospitals are using a Chinese protocol that uh, includes a malaria drug and antibiotic. But even more interesting, they're doing an intravenous vitamin C starting at 1,500 milligrams and every couple hours an additional amount until they get up to, you know, three or four doses of intravenous vitamin C. Well, that's really great because it supports the whole concept I've been talking about in these podcasts that the basic issue in the lungs is oxidative stress, the imbalance of antioxidant protection from oxidative inflammation. That's where vitamin C comes in. But it'd be even stronger if they added glutathione, which is the major tripeptide that's depleted in the lungs when there's a viral infection. And the glutathione not only having an antiviral effect, but an anti-inflammatory effect in the lungs. Someone needs to tell them that that's you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do integrated medicine, do it right. But I guess it's a start that they're doing intravenous vitamin C. My whole point of this is maybe if they did it before, the patients wouldn't be in intensive care. Want to do it prophylactically as soon as you come into the hospital with suspected symptoms. Why do you have to wait till you're in intensive care to get a vitamin C drip? Many holistic practitioners give vitamin C drips just to stay healthy. Many times I've had a very high dose vitamin C drip because it not only seems to be apical for a viral infection, but for many other conditions. There have been studies on vitamin C, intravenous vitamin C and cancer treatment going back probably at least 35 years. You know, when my mom had breast cancer, was dying from breast cancer almost, uh, I guess now, 35 or 40 years ago. There were doctors who were talking about giving intravenous vitamin C, but they didn't really know what they were doing. And, you know, they were talking about a 1,000 milligrams. It wasn't going to do anything. And then when Linus Pauling talked about cancer and vitamin C and the idea of doing intravenous, and then they tried to replicate his work with oral vitamin C, and it didn't work. Of course, it's not going to work because you can't get a high enough dose now. Is there something short of doing, how about doing oral vitamin C? Well, you're not going to raise the levels, particularly cellular levels. You can only absorb up to 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C of red ascorbic acid. And if you go higher than that, you'll often get bowel dysfunction. There is some interesting research studies on what we call the posomal vitamin C where you're combining it with a lecithin-type compound, 
to get it into the cell. And there's some interesting studies that show that you can get maybe a quarter of the effect you might get with a vitamin C drip, which is pretty good. And uh, so I do recommend people, if you do want to take an I certainly do it, um, vitamin C to find oliposomal vitamin C, which I think is a great idea. So maybe something good will come out of it and maybe integrated medicine can start to become part of mainstream medicine. You know, part of the what they call the Shanghai Protocol, the Chinese Protocol that they're using, which was the intravenous vitamin C and the uh, and the malaria drug and the antibiotic. But the Chinese Protocol also included some traditional Chinese medicines. And I guess we haven't caught up to that yet. So, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful at least they're doing the vitamin C. I mean, it's a it's a big start. A very interesting compound that I came across some research on is a quercetin. Quercetin is a flavonoid that's found in various berries and even some herbs. But getting a high amount or a therapeutic amount of quercetin, certainly, you know, the 500... Or a thousand milligrams of quercetin, you'd have to eat, you know, tons of uh, berries and onions and all sorts of foods to get that therapeutic amount, to get an antiviral effect, and to get an antioxidant effect in the lungs. So I've added to my personal regimen, which I was taking anyway, um, quercetin, and, uh, the reason for the high enough dose is the absorption of quercetin is a little um, poor. So there are companies that are trying to combine it with bromelain, possibly, and uh, hydroquercetin, um, which is uh, another form of quercetin. I think if you get a high enough dose, 500, 1,000 milligrams, you're certainly going to get enough quercetin. And it fits into this whole paradigm uh, protecting the lungs from inflammation. This is what's killing people in this whole corona lung issue. It's not normal pneumonia where you can use an antibiotic, even though they are using an antibiotic. It's an inflammatory pneumonia. And possibly the antibiotic... You know, you go into the hospital and there have been lots of cases of hospital-borne infections. You're sticking a tracheal tube into, you know, you're sticking a tube into the trachea and certainly the idea of catching a hospital infection while, you know, you're suffering from the inflammatory response from the coronavirus might be a possibility. So adding that, you know, um, I'm not quite sure what the mechanism of why you're in the antibiotic, but certainly it, uh, you know, it seems to be part of the uh, protocol. So again, my whole focus is how do you stop the point where you have to put someone on a ventilator? 
um, going on a ventilator is not innocuous. There have been reports over the years of brain damage and all sorts of other side effects of being on a ventilator. It's not, it's going to be life-saving, of course, but not necessarily innocuous procedure. Now, one of the things they're also looking at is the effect of this inflammation on blood clotting, which might be why we're seeing more fatalities of people already have cardiac issues. And so they're, you know, looking at, you know, blood thinner. Are there natural blood thinners that are also anti-inflammatories that you might take before you have to get to that acute state? Yes. You know, omega-3s tend to affect, you know, healthy um, blood clotting. Vitamin K2, also very positive. And uh, certainly the uh, broccoli seed, the sulforaphane which I've talked about many times. And uh, interesting flu study I came across on vitamin E and the lungs. Well, I knew about vitamin E and cardiovascular, and certainly there are all sorts of back-and-forth studies on vitamin E and cardiovascular health. But, you you know, if you get lipid peroxidation, that's not a good thing. And they found that, you know, the virus can increase as part of the inflammation process, liver peroxidation in the lungs, part of the oxidation process. And there are some really nice studies on vitamin E and health of the lungs and protection of the lungs, protecting them from damage. You know, I often recommend, you know, a full-spectrum vitamin E. There were some studies going back where they said, well, we saw an increase in um, prostate cancer or whatever with vitamin E. And when you looked at it, it was a very poorly designed study. And they were using just alpha-tocopherol. And alpha-tocopherol is only one part. And you want the full spectrum of the E, the, the alpha, beta, and the whole tocotrienol family. So... I make sure I use a full-spectrum E. I like the life extension, uh, complete E, uh, or grace E if you can find it, and uh, true encapsulations makes a vitamin E um, that you can find. You know, you can find those on uh, talkingherbals.com. And again, as I repeat over and over again in these podcasts, you know, glutathione, major tripeptide, antioxidant, lots and lots of flu and lung health studies. When you have a virus, you deplete the glutathione levels. Simple as that. If you had a history of alcohol or drug use or some chronic condition, you probably have lower levels of glutathione and now you have a virus that's suppressing your own glutathione when you need it most. So taking additional glutathione, as I said, has uh, some prophylactic effects and probably some treatment effects. So if your doctor works in intensive care as a pulmonologist, please ask him to do a search of glutathione and, and septic shock or acute respiratory distress syndrome. 
and the research is there, the studies are there. They just end up going, look it up. So this is a shorter podcast, uh, but I want you to hear this. At least the hospitals, are, at least the hospitals in New York are doing it. I don't know what's going on in the rest of the country um, with hospital politics. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Please share it with your friends and uh, let's say positive and healthy. Thank you so much for listening.